0: Merkel. Media. I start running, and as I'm running out of this dense forest, I finally see the trail. And so I'm like, yes, I'm back on the trail. And as my foot hits the trail, I just hear this really deep rumble growl, like.
1: This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it.
2: I saw three long bony fingers. Reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me.
1: And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears. Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg.
2: And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed.
1: I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster
2: yeah. Welcome to the show, everybody. You're listening to The Confessionals. I am your host, Tony Merkel. Thank you for being here. If you've had an encounter or a story you'd like to share with me on the show, go ahead and shoot me an email. My email address is theconfessionals at the com. That's theconfessionals at the com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com. Hit the contact section and you can reach me that way as well. Either way it works for me. Just get a hold of me. If you want more shows every week, we drop a bonus show on Thursdays for members. All you got to do is go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, become a member, and you'll get access to all the content that we come out for members in the past and in the future. And it's all available on an app. And the app also offers Tuesday shows, ad-free listening. So if that interests you, go to the confessionalspodcast.com, hit that join button and become that member. If you want to stay prepared in emergencies, friends, go to preparewiththeconfessionals.com. That's preparewiththeconfessionals.com. There you'll get yourself emergency supply food and survival gear that will last you for most of your life on the shelf, not spoiling. That is a great deal and a great comfort to have in your homes. Also, go ahead and subscribe to YouTube. That's The Confessionals on YouTube. I am thinking about changing the name of the YouTube channel from The Confessionals to Merkle Media. It is a thought in my mind. Right now, it is The Confessionals. But I am thinking about changing it to Merkle Media just because we do The Confessionals on there. We do the new show, Legion of Legends, which I'm heading to Kentucky to do very soon, a week-long journey trying to hunt down the dog man in Kentucky. That's all on Legion of Legends right there on the YouTube channel. That's why I'm thinking about changing it up to just Merkle Media, which is a company that I own because I'm doing more than just the confessionals on YouTube. I'm actually thinking about starting a voicemail call-in show for people on YouTube where we do it live. And I'm also thinking about retelling some stories in a very cool production way. I have these cameras for Legion of Legends. I'm trying to find new ways to use it for the YouTube channel. So I'm thinking if I'm going to be doing so much stuff on YouTube, then why not actually change the name of it to Merkel Media or maybe just Tony Merkel? I'm still trying to figure it out. If you got some ideas as far as what I should call the YouTube channel just shoot us an email or comment in the comment section on Instagram. I would greatly appreciate it. Friends, today we have Brooke coming on the show. And Brooke has a lot of great stuff, some paranormal stuff, to Sasquatch stuff, to Casper the Ghost. I promise you, literally, Casper the Ghost. So without any further delay, let's get to Brooke right now. All right. Today, we got Brooke on the show. Brooke, how are you? Good. You? I'm doing fine. So, uh, Brooke, you're on your lunch break. So, thanks for making the time here. Uh, We got ourselves a a mail carrier here and uh, she's taking the time to talk to us on her break. So, I appreciate that.
1: Yeah.
0: Thanks for having me.
2: Absolutely. So, uh, Brooke, you have several different experiences and ranging from, you know, some paranormal type stuff to, you know, possible Bigfoot stuff. And, uh, you know, I I just categorize everything into the paranormal. Where you know if it's on a topic that I cover on my show, I just say everything's paranormal. It's outside the normal of what we're told is normal. So uh, yeah, let's start off with your your experience when you're five years old, and uh, we'll work way through some of this stuff. But uh, when you were five, you had an imaginary friend, and you said it, it was a hot a ghost hopscotch friend. I, um, I, what was that about? <laughs>
0: Yeah, my email was bad. I apologize for that. That's but right. I had an imaginary friend, and I knew he was an imaginary friend named Hopscotch. But he had a ghost friend, and as silly as that sounds, like I I knew that I didn't see Hopscotch. He wasn't real. Like That was very clear in my head, but I still like pretended to play with him and stuff like that. But um, every now and then, it would just be Hopscotch. Hopscotch's friend was here. And it was this, just was like, it looked like like a very loose shape of like a child kneeling um, of just kind of like a black blob I would see every now and then. Like I had a big Barbie house and I would play Barbies and Hopscotch would be playing with me. <laughs> and uh, I would, I, I don't know, I would just hear like Hopscotch's friend is here. Like I'd hear like a little voice. Kind of like that in my head, not like out loud. And I'd be like, "Oh, that's weird." And I'd like turn around, and in the corner of my room, there'd just be like this this ghost thing. And um, my brother, he was he was kind of mean to me in like the loving way, and he wanted me to get rid of my imaginary friends. And so we tried on like kill, killing Hopscotch and um, Hopscotch's friend a bunch of times with his imaginary friend, and it was just his way of picking on me and uh i don't know why but every time my brother would talk like say oh like my imaginary friend's going to get your imaginary friend that's when i would i would see this like blob the most and it would always be in a corner and it wasn't like a dark corner it could be a bright corner and i would always see like just a black figure and it wasn't like mean i never got a mean feeling from it it was just kind of there but I could tell that it was very annoyed at my brother when he would say these things. And then, um, went but it, and it would only stay at my house, like Hopscotch's friends, Hopscotch would come with me, but like nobody, it wouldn't follow us to restaurants or my grandparents or anything else. And, um, my sister talked about seeing like shadows moving at night, but we always just kind of chalked it up. It was like, gosh, just us being sleepy or whatever, you know? So that's, that's where it all started. That was like my first ghost um, thing.
2: Do you ever feel like the whole, you know, imaginary friend sometimes isn't so imaginary? I mean, you, like you said that your imaginary friend wasn't real and stuff, but what makes you feel like that? Because I know that sometimes people have imaginary friends and looking back at it, they're like, I'm not so sure that imaginary friend was so imaginary.
0: I, I like, and at the time... It, I don't know. It just felt like, like hopscotch was there, but he was clearly somebody I made up, you know, he was like a part of me. Whereas like, this was just an outside presence that was like, it would be as if my sister was like kneeling in the room. Like I could sense that she was there, but it wasn't coming from me. Whereas like hopscotch was, and and I don't know, it was just, it was really weird and I couldn't explain it for the longest time. And then I started, you know, like ghost stuff started happening and, I started researching, and I was like,
2: oh, yeah, that, that's what happened. Man, I don't know. I, I My sister, she had uh, um, imaginary friends growing up, lots of them, you know, and, and I, I just know, I don't know what it was about them and stuff, but it always just stuck in my mind that my sister, and it's just remembering it, and the one time I asked her, you know, I was podcasting by this time, and I asked her, I said, you know, do you think that they were – you know, imaginary or do you think there's more to it? And she said, uh, we should talk about it sometime or something like that. And then we never did. So uh, I don't know. I don't know if she actually wants to talk to me about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, and this was, I mean, this was like the happy time. Um, I talked about some bad things happening to me. So this was like, I don't know, like just happy spirits, I guess. I don't remember anything bad happening, um, before this. So I just I just chalked it up as like something was passing through. At the time, our whole family was pretty religious, and now not so much. But um, yeah, it was just it was weird.
2: <laughs> so when you're six to eight years old, uh, what happened here? I mean, you say you saw an angel on the door.
0: Yeah. Um. So it wasn't until your show, and you were taught. It was like one of your first interviews that you, somebody came on, was like, I saw an angel. And I was like, when I was little, again, my family being religious, they, everyone claimed that they like saw Jesus. And like, if, if one of my family members had like a near death experience or something, but nobody mentioned anything about angels. And, um, so I, I don't know. I just, I never said anything because it no, it, like it never in my kid brain clicked that you could see angels kind of thing and um yeah it wasn't until your show that I was like yeah that's what it was but um I was sleeping in my grandparents bedroom with my siblings um, all around and in the closet so, so like I try to now logic it out like maybe this is my brain um dealing with the trauma so um another little girl got molested and then she in turn touched me because she thought that what was right it is what it is I'm over it um but that's where the things happened and I just remember hate like I dreaded going to sleep in there and that's where all the kids slept it wasn't you know like I was in there by myself or anything but I always hated that room because of the stuff that happened there um but my siblings were all there and we're all sleeping and then it was like morning time and I was kind of groggy and kind of in and out of it and then all of a sudden, it was like something snapped, like you just snap awake sometimes. And I, I know, I 100% know that I was not like sleep dreaming or like kind of in and out of it at this point. I was 100% awake. And like, it, it was like time froze. Like my siblings just weren't moving. They weren't responsive. I didn't like check on them or anything. I never left the bed, but like it felt like time really froze. And I looked over at the door. Um, Because I was again getting that sense of dread and I looked over and I saw like this little ball of light on top of the doorknob and it's like an old 1920s, a little bit bigger doorknob. Um, but I saw this little ball of light and inside of it, I could, I could vaguely make out like a figure and I was like, Oh my God, it's a fairy. Like it's Tinkerbell because I watched Peter Pan and I got all excited that it was a fairy and the ball of the ball of light kind of shrunk a little bit around the form and I could see more of the figure and it it wasn't mad at me but I felt like like not like anger but I it was kind of like scolding me like I'm sorry I'm not trying to swear um lady look lady I'm not a fairy those aren't real I'm an angel deal with it kind of thing. (laughs) And I don't know, like it never said anything, but that's like the impression. It like pushed these feelings into me. It's like, again, it's not like I had these, I created these feelings. It was like a force being brought into me and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And, um, and then I got the feeling that that feeling of dread from the closet. It just, it, it went away and like I kind of got the sense that I would never have to deal with that anymore. And after that day, like nothing bad happened in that closet. She, like What happened to her was found out and she got help and like a lot of good things happened after this. And um, the way that experience ended, I was told to close my eyes or like, again, a feeling kind of in someone talking inside your brain Um, so I just closed my eyes and then I snapped awake and like, I was again, groggy and sleepy and kind of in and out of it. Um, but so were my siblings and everybody was waking up and, uh, my middle brother, he's kind of the more closest to the religious out of all of them. He he was like, something feels weird. He just woke up and felt weird and like kept inspecting the closet. I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's just stuff happens you know, and I never, I never said anything. And that's, that's what happened there. And like, I, I I don't know how I feel about God these days, like in the Christian sense, but like 1000%, that thing told me it's an angel. It's an angel. Like, I'm not changing my mind on that. Yeah.
2: Well, why didn't you say anything to your brother? I mean, if if he's inspecting and he feels like there was something going on, I mean, was there a reason why you just didn't didn't tell him?
0: Um, Yeah, like, I, as he was inspecting it, I wanted to tell him, but then I was like, oh, no, nobody's seen that. We've all heard stories of my, again, my family members almost dying and seeing Jesus. I was like, nobody sees an angel. That's crazy. And then I just never mentioned it. Like, I thought about it from time to time throughout my life, but I never mentioned it to my family. And then I heard um, that episode where somebody was seeing an angel, I think, in, like, Afghanistan, Iraq. And I was like, oh, this is real, <laughs>
2: you know? So have you told anybody since then?
0: Uh, no, this is this is the first time.
2: Oh, man. Hopefully, <laughs> I hope they listen to this show. I hope they hear this show and they're like, wait a second, that's Brooke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we go from angels to demons. So yeah. you're nine years old and you saw... What, well, you said you saw your first demon, which I'm interested in hearing if there's more encounters, but tell me about it. Um.
0: So I was uh, I was told that I wouldn't go to heaven if I wasn't baptized. That's just the kind of church we went to. Um. So I got really scared and I was like, I need to get baptized. And that's not the right reason to get baptized. Um. But I did. And I remember as the pastor was dunking underwater, I was like, please forgive me. I really do want to get baptized. I just... Also, don't want to go to hell, you know. Um, but that I got baptized, and uh, I got baptized at noon, and it was six o'clock. We just finished dinner, and I don't know why, but I asked my parents the time, and that's the only reason I know that it was six. Um, probably because I was trying to get out of bed or bedtime or something. I don't know. Uh, but I asked them the time, and it was six o'clock, um, and they're like, "You need to go shower. You need to get ready for bed." So I hop in the shower. And I, I've i always gotten a little scared in the shower. It's just, you know, you feel vulnerable. And so my parents told me, like, if you're ever scared, just remember to sing. Like, I would sing Jesus Loves Me in the shower um, just because, like, that made me feel safe and that, like, he was there with me and all that wonderful stuff. Um, but I started to get, like, scared and I started singing. And, like, I just kept getting more scared to the point like where my voice like i i was barely I was like yeah like very very little and normally like i start singing that song and i'm like belting it in the shower cuz i feel like safe and happy and all this stuff but i don't know why something was like really sucking out of me and in this shower like in this bathroom there's two doors um so you're in the shower looking out into the bathroom you can go straight um, into our like utility room and I always lock that door because that's the one closest to how people get in and out of the house and then there's another door that you can come in through a hallway in our house and that one's like right by the shower and in order to open that door you would cast a big shadow on the bathroom like shower curtain and you would see the big shadow um, but I lock both doors when I was in the shower as just a weird little kid um And so I got baptized. I was was really struggling to sing this this song and I look over and I just see like a little boy, black figure shadow going across the shower curtain. And I was so scared to open, sorry, so scared to open the shower curtain because I just knew something bad was behind there. And I just didn't know how to whatever. And I was trying to like logic it out in my head. And so I was like, hey, Brandon, is that you? That's my middle brother. Like, hey, Brandon, is that you? And um, and he didn't answer and he just looked at me like the head turned and it was the sizing was all wrong. Um, but it came in the one door that would have cast a big shadow and it didn't cast a shadow. This just just the shadow figure came through and then it like turned its head and looked at me and I could see like a faint red where the eyes were but not like, you know, people talk about bright red eyes, just a little faint red. And then it bolted out the door without opening it and creating that big shadow again. And I don't know how long I stayed there, but um the water turned cold. And by the time I came to, I I was I was cry screaming. Not <laughs> like such a little little bitch, but I was like cry screaming. <laughs> um And my mom like came in and she was like, what is going on? And we had like a little crucifix thing, like a little cross with a saying written all over it, like straight out of the nineties on the wall. And that was uh, the the nail came out of the wall with the crucifix on the floor. And I was like, mom, I, I think I saw something and I said it to her and she obviously wanted to like comfort me and console me. And uh, she was really worried, like we went and saw the pastors the next day and everything, because with my siblings, every time they got baptized, every, like it's a number was six. Like for me, it was six hours. Uh, for my brother, it was six minutes. Um, my other brother, it was like six days or something. And they all saw something demonic. And my sister says she's seen things, but like she refuses to talk about it. She just, we came in and she was screaming, like, at the top of her lungs and whatever. But it, like, it really freaked me out because I, I was, I'm the baby. And so, like, we've all seen something evil six-somethings after we got baptized. And it was just weird.
2: Three kids? It was just,
0: like, really weird. And I don't know, that one, a four.
2: Four kids? Four, I'm okay. the fourth. I was going to say, that would be yeah. six, six, six.
0: Yeah, yeah, I know, like... My mom was real worried. Like later in life, she told me, "She's like, I'm glad that you had it because that means it's four sixes and not threes, but also (laughs) that's bad."
2: (laughs) Yeah, Um, I can understand that. I can understand that. Why? Why do you think that happened? I mean, looking back and stuff. I mean, do you think it was because of the baptism that spawned that whole thing?
0: Um, that's kind of what our family has come to. Uh, like it seems like every time my family tries and gets close with God, um, like real evil things, like they see evil things or they hear evil things. It's not like it constantly persists, but like one, there'll be like one really bad occasion that happens. Um, and so we, we do think it was the baptism, but yeah, I don't, I don't know for sure, but that was, that was the first time and that one sticks with me.
2: Yeah, and and when you first started describing it, I uh, I was like, okay, so I'm, I'm wondering why the the boy figure is the first thing that makes you think demon, and then when you say the the faint red eyes, it's like, oh yeah, I would think that's a demon too. So yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah, give me the red eyes, and all of a sudden I'm freaked out too.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was like I, again, like I've never had a bad ghost. I I, I vaguely remember talking about seeing ghosts hopscotch's friend is the first ghost i can recall this is like the first evil thing that's happened to
2: me yeah it's it's well i mean definitely i mean at nine years old that would i think that was scary just about any kid for sure and uh i don't think you're you're an oddball for that at all <laughs> All right, let's take a second and talk about our first sponsor of the day, which is Cerebral. And Cerebral is an online mental health service that offers prescription medication, counseling, and therapy for anxiety, depression, ADHD, insomnia, and much, much more. Listen, friends, cerebral is a company that I love having around because I know there's a lot of people out there that need help with counseling and therapy and there's a lot of people out there on medications and hey if you can schedule your medications through cerebral not only is it convenient in the moment but it gets delivered right to your door and with their mobile app it is just a breeze you can actually schedule your sessions with your counselor or therapist right from the app and you can do these sessions from your app or on the computer so wherever you're most comfortable in your house you can be there when you're doing these sessions. I am a big supporter of companies like Cerebral, and they are also one-third the price of traditional therapy. You can't beat that. Treatment options are available with or without insurance. I'm telling you, friends, Cerebral is a great deal for people in need of these kind of services. And right now, for listeners of this program, you can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at GetCerebral.com slash Tony go to GetCerebral.com slash Tony for 65% off your first month. That's just a total of $30 to get started. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. Now, you're in sixth grade, and you guys moved to Wisconsin, I believe, right?
1: Yep. Yep.
2: Okay. So you you move into this house and you guys, uh, I don't know if the whole family did or it's just you, but you guys discovered some interesting things in the house.
1: Oh
0: my gosh, that house. Um, so there was a little boy that was, um, it's military housing. My dad's in the military. So we were, um, at Fort McCoy and we were in 801 housing, which is off-base housing. Um, and the boy, the family that lived, there before me was my age, and he was uh had like um oh my god the 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 satanic religion he had one of those where it's like you know it's it's the good Satan, like they preach a bunch of good things, but also it's weird, you know um and he was practicing that, and then he was also like getting into Alistair Crawley. I found one of those books um in event I had his room. Creepily enough, <laughs> um, they moved me into the same room. But in one of the vents, I found an Aleister Crowley book, and I was friends with one of his old friends because he moved away, and I gave it to him. I was like, I don't want to get rid of it. Um, but underneath, in the basement, underneath this staircase, it's like um, a tri-level, so it, the stairs kind of go both ways, and it creates this little nook underneath that like a little kid could fit in and i found a pentagram with some like burnt candles around it like clearly they were practicing stuff the first night we moved in we found a black widow spider which aren't um common in wisconsin or the midwest like they can't survive here and we found one so it was clearly his pet and we killed it and like i like i was still small enough where my mom thinks that I could have killed me but i don't know um and it was just it was weird <laughs> Uh yeah, it was just all weird and then like I don't know why, but every time I would be home alone, like something would fall in the kitchen. I don't know if it was a ghost, like I never got bad vibes, I just got like a sense of dread at at best, at worst. Um but it like there was a spice rack, um or baker's rack that we had like our cookbooks on, our sugar on, we had a microwave and like it would just spling. Our freaking like sugar container, um, our cookbooks. There was one cookbook in particular, it was like a cookie cookbook. It did not like it. I'm assuming it's a ghost. I hope it's a ghost (laughs) and it's not like this demon that later tracked us through life. Um, but yeah, it it would like turn on our computer at random times. Like my dad would get mad at me at this point. I'm the only one living there with my parents, and um, my dad would be the first to wake up and he'd get real annoyed because it would my mom would go to bed first i would go to bed shortly after and then um and my dad would wake up right away so in theory it's between me and my dad and the computer would always be on and he'd be like why are you turning on a, like leave it off it needs to stay off it's my business computer i'm like i'm so, i'm not i'm sorry i'm not and it was just a bunch of weird things um and then my cousin died um in new york and we went to the funeral, we, you know, we we did our funeral thing and then we came back and my mom, like it hit her hard because she was closest to that sister. And I think it was like the first young death in our family. I wasn't obviously that close to, to my cousin or my aunt uh, at this point, but she. it was like hitting her really hard and she just kept bringing him up every now and then. And then all of a sudden we were watching like this action packed kind of like fast and the furious style movie. I don't really remember the movie, but it was clearly like a heavy metal hard rock song at the end of the credits. And then all of a sudden it stopped and it turned on like Kermit, the frog somewhere over the rainbow. And that was like my, my cousin was a theater major. So it was like his shtick. He loved Kermit. He loved that song. And it was just, singing and we all were like getting up to leave this movie clean up our popcorn put our blankets away whatever and the song came on and my mom just turned back at the tv and I was like oh oh, crap something's happening you know like I thought it was gonna escalate and my mom was like thanks for stopping by Eric oh, I'll see you when I see you and she just like started crying and as soon as she said goodbye it like went it snapped off and it went back to the heavy metal rock song and it was Um, My brother was visiting, so it was me and my mom, my brother, and we all watched this happen. And So it's not like one of us was crazy. Like, we all saw it, and we all talk about it, and it was just really weird. And every now and then, like, I'll be listening to, like, a radio station that doesn't play, like, theater songs, and I'll hear, like, like Pippin songs and stuff like that come on the radio. And I'm like, Eric, leave me alone. I'm fine. I'm driving, you know? But yeah, that's that's pretty much what happened there.
2: Well, I, yeah. So the uh, you move into this environment and, the, well, you found that, that spider. Now, did you say that spider was already dead or you guys had to kill it?
0: We had to kill it. We found it in my mom's bedroom, like on the middle of the wall. And we okay. don't know, like we were, yeah, there for a good eight hours. But there was nothing in that room besides their bed and a couple boxes and we found it. We're like, where did this come from?
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, from what I understand, I could be totally wrong on this, but, uh, from what I understand with black, black widows, yeah, they're very deadly, but I, from what I understand, it takes a lot for them to bite you. I mean, it's, it's one of those things where they're not going to bite you unless you, they feel like, you know, they're in your hand and you're going to squish them kind of thing. Uh, yeah. but you know, I could be totally wrong on that. It's just, it's a, it's a, a thought in my head that I must've heard somewhere that just got me not to be so scared of black widows. Maybe I should be. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But
0: yeah, uh, no, it was just, it was like, it was just a lot of weird questionable things like stereotypical things you would find with like a goth Satanist kid. And I just, it kept building up like everything about this, this kid that lived in my room, just it all pointed to it. And the black widow was just like the cherry on top.
2: Yeah. I can understand that. I mean, who wants to find a pentagram underneath the basement stairs, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'm sure some people would. They'd, they'd get a kick out <laughs> of it. <you> know? <laughs> uh, if I moved into a house and it had that kind of stuff, I'd be like, oh, crap. Why didn't I see this before I signed on it? You know? Now, yeah, I know. What, what'd I your... know. And
0: like, it's not like we could have moved either. Like, the government was like, this is your house. Live here for four years. Yeah. Which kind of sucked, but whatever.
2: What did your parents have to say about that stuff when they saw like the pentagram and stuff?
0: Oh, I never told them.
2: Wait, they don't. They don't know about it.
1: Uh,
0: they they know now because I've told them stories. But um, I I was friends with his friend, um, and he told me like the things that they were doing, like they were trying to summon things and like practice witchcraft. And I didn't ask a lot of questions because I was still kind of religious at this point, and I was like, keep that away f- for me. But. Um, So the kid that lived there, his name is Audie. His friend's name is Kyle. And I was friends with Kyle. And Kyle kind of explained, like, lighting it. He thought that it was um, the witch pentagram. But they did it upside down based on north and south. I don't know. I wasn't really paying attention. Um, And so they kind of told me about that. And they're like, yeah, you just wash it away with this. And he gave me, like, I'm pretty sure it was just, like, vinegar and bleach. But he gave me some stuff to wash it away and said that it should no bad energy should hang around and i was like okay i'll do it but let's not talk about this anymore let's go ride our bikes
1: wow. yeah
2: yeah <laughs> you're just like i don't want to deal with this
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
2: so uh let's talk about the this uh bone den you found i mean shoot call you know the bone <laughs> den it sounds uh scary
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah, so there was, like, this little pond, and um, I'm pretty sure it was, like, sandblasted, and then they just stopped doing that and walked away and, like, worked on a different project. I don't know. But it was, like, a little pond that had some minnows and some frogs, and that's all it could sustain. And then you climb up, like, this rock formation that, like, kind of um, encloses it, and it kind of, like, is a sad version of pride rock that juts over (laughs) from the Lion King. over the pond and we climb up there because we want to be king of the mountains and we we're kids and we find like all these bones and they're like big bones, little bones. Now looking back, now that I have like some experience, I can acknowledge that they were like deer bones to rabbit bones and like that size of, and I was like, oh, we must, like it must be a coyote den. It must be a wolf den. I was thinking at the time, but the more we would like walk out to this, it was about two miles into like past cornfields into like this wooded area that I lived by, um, that we would play in. And so it was kind of tucked back away from everything, but still close enough to the house. Um, but the more we hung out there, the more strange things happened. Like we would find frogs bitten in half and laid out, um, on the sand sandy side of the pond where we would like dip our feet in and try and catch minnows and stuff. They would be like in a line, half bitten. And like other kids went there. So again, at the time, I was like, oh, this that's just other kids being other kids. Um and then I but they're like our age and younger, you know, and I was like, it's kind of gross, but maybe a boy did it. <laughs> you know? Um and then I found like rabbits hanging up by like it it looked like handmade twine from like those really soft branches from the pine needles. Cause that's kind of like the trees that were around this pond or pine trees. But you know how, like if you get a young enough branch, it's loose enough where you can kind of like tie it together. Yeah. Okay. Um. <laughs> so like, it was kind of like makeshift twine that these rabbits were hanging up on and they were on branches and so high up, like probably seven, eight feet, way too high for us to reach. And they were on branches, too little to climb out and tie to. And I was like, that's, you know, like now looking back, I'm like, that's Sasquatch. That is like Sasquatch dog, man. That's some creature of the night living here, <laughs> you know. Um, but again, I just chalked it up to weird boys. Um, and then like after disturbing their bone den that first week, we found like not like footprints but like it was like a human footprint where it's like the heel but and then you have like that flat front part but it was only two dots you know like like a dog print two dots so it's like one big heel two dots so almost kind of like a paw print but then like it clearly had nails that were like sinking in to the ground um and it, it went like way deep like I stuck my my index finger in there as a little kid and I couldn't reach the bottom of like where this creature was and they were clearly like putting all their weight on their toes because that's the part that's like so sunken in and I was just like oh okay um after that I stopped going because I got weirded out and I started feeling like um people were watching me or something and there was no one out there except for other kids and we'd all go out of the group um, but I just started getting like the sense that someone's watching me and I didn't feel comfortable there anymore after finding the footprints and messing with the bones. Um, like, cause we saw them up there on pride rock. We just never went. And then one day we just got ballsy, I guess. And, and we all went up and then like two or three weeks later, it couldn't have been more than a month. Um, and it was in the middle of summer. So like, that's the fun place to be. And I was like, No, I'm not. I'm not going back out there because somebody's clearly watching me. I'm getting that feeling,
1: and there's these weird,
0: weird footprints out there. And it was just looking back, I'm like, and i you know, I started listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. I'm like, maybe that was Sasquatch, like politely telling me to leave.
2: <laughs> well, the footprints are are definitely odd. It does, I mean, that doesn't sound like Sasquatch. I, I don't know what it would be. I mean, you mentioned about dog print. How big were these prints, though? I mean, were they? Obviously, very large.
0: Um, not large, not like what people would say is Sasquatch size, but um, a really yeah, like a grown man's foot, maybe a little bit bigger. Um,
2: but there's only two toes.
0: No, no, no. They had, uh, I want to say four or five toe prints in like the toenails, like like it was clearly like if somebody had a long nail and stuck it in the sand. Like you could, you know how you could tell, but like the yeah. footprint part was two like two little balls in the front of their feet and then the back big ball.
2: Interesting. Yeah, that's Yeah. That's enough to freak you out especially after what you found up there.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was just and you know, again my uh witchy friend Kyle, he was kind of like dabbling out there too. So that probably also sent me away. sorry, that's popping my head.
2: I mean, he was practicing witchcraft out there.
0: Kind of. Um, He like make little totems. I don't really think he knew what he was doing, but (laughs) he would like find little sticks and make little wooden woven circles, and he would try and draw like do triangles. He couldn't get like a good pentagram he wasn't that gifted, gifted (laughs) with it, but he would try.
1: Gets
2: an A for effort, I guess. Right.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good job, buddy. You're really trying. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he was, hes a good soul. He's just, you know, he's he's a little weirdo.
2: Yeah. So, uh, that, that's an interesting experience and you know, I, I don't know what the heck that could have been, you know, it may, maybe Bigfoot. I don't know. I, it's, it's kind of creepy, though, when you start talking about having rabbits hanging from trees by these little twines and stuff. That's that's creepy. It would make me feel like there's something out there watching me, too.
0: Oh, and there's like, oh, I didn't. Well, <laughs> going back, sorry, to um, Hopscotch's friend. There's a lore uh, in northern Indiana, where I'm from, that there's this guy called Mr. Wolf and Mrs. Wolf. They were a family that had children and he rescued some wolves. So he had some pet wolves. Uh, and the legend goes that like he was out looking for his wolves one night and he was swinging his green, like greenish yellowish lantern. Um, but he had glass, like, you know, it, it goes into great detail why it's green, but, um, he has his green lantern as he's looking for his wolves. And as he's out looking for his wolves, um, they have been missing so long that, they come back and they, they eat his kids and that's like the lore and it's spooky. Um, but it, he found his kids kneeling down, you know, in like a kneeling position, kind of slumped over and his wolves were eating them and that's like the legend. And uh, in Northern Indiana, you can like go out, you can see like a green lantern. Like I didn't do it. I was too young, but my siblings did it and they saw like the green lantern. And so I grew up with this knowledge that there are spooky things in the woods. And so I come up to Wisconsin and I'm like, Oh, you guys have your own weird stuff going on. And then you started talking about rakes and stuff on your show. And I was like, Oh, I don't know what I was encountering, but I'm going to chalk it up as (laughs) Sasquatch.
2: Yeah. Welcome to America where all the creepy stuff happens in the woods. I love it.
1: I freaking love it. You know?
2: (laughs) I mean I talked yeah. to I talked to uh, some people overseas and stuff and uh you know, like in the UK there's a lot of people that say now there's a lot of people that say there are Bigfoot in the UK, but there's a lot of people that are like, no way, there's no Bigfoot in the UK and they walk around the woods and it's like there's nothing about these woods and I'm like, Well here in America we got some some really <laughs> bonkers stuff going on in our woods.
1: Yeah. And
0: I mean, even if like in the UK, even if it's not Sasquatch, they got their fairy folk and all that other weird yeah. stuff. I'm like,
2: well, that oh, when you no, said you. when you said that earlier, so I was like, oh, here you go, Brooke. You offended the people in the UK with was saying fairies aren't real.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's talk sorry, about.
2: Sorry. Yeah, you know, no, they're fine. They're fine. Trust me, they're they're thick skinned over there. Uh, so let's talk about senior your senior year of high school. Uh, I don't know if you guys moved into a log home or if you were just visiting, but you said there was straight up demonic activity going on. Oh
1: yeah.
0: That- Um, We lived there. Uh, It was, yeah, we were renting houses trying to just get by until my dad could get stationed elsewhere. Um, And we moved into this log home and uh, it was, it was just bad. It was just all around bad. Like we as a family started fighting more. It was just a lot of negative energy there. And, um, And specifically, a lot of it wouldn't happen in the living room. Like, looking back, we had 90% of our fights in the living room. And, uh, my, our dogs, and they were little yipper dogs, and they would just sit there, like, every time they were in the living room. It did not matter the time of day. They would bark at this one corner of the living room. And right up, right above the living room is my room. Um, so they would just sit there and bark at this corner. And like, we didn't, there was no spiders. There was nothing there. It was just a bright, brightly lit white corner. And I was like, what's going on, dude, just let it go. It's, it's a corner, you know? And like, it got to the point where we would like block them off from the living room. Um, and uh, my friends and I would, uh, spend the night there and like, we'd, you know, play, just dance on the Wii and be cool. (laughs) Um, and, uh, we'd stay up late watching ghost adventures and, you know, other paranormal stuff or, or whatever was on TV. Um, But we'd always like, we'd, we'd try and sleep in the living room and it never worked out. Like I found my one friend who ended up living with us for like a hot minute. He would wind up like building a little makeshift blanket bed in the kitchen, which was right next to the living room. Cause he, he couldn't stay asleep in there. And it would always happen at like three o'clock. I think there was one time it happened at 2.57, but every other time it was three o'clock on the dot, something would wake us up. It didn't matter if it was one of us. It didn't matter if it was all of us. And it got to the point where I just didn't like going in there at night. I'd be like, hey, guys, let's like go upstairs in my room and cram all up in there and and try try and have fun up there. And, you know, it never works. We'd always end up back down there. Um. But, and every time I was alone, I can't speak for the rest of my family because my mom got very scared and just stopped talking about it. She's like, you don't acknowledge it. It doesn't exist. It'll go away. That was her like mentality. And I caught her praying a couple of times in there. Um, I don't know if she like ever tried cleansing the house or anything, but she was just like, didn't want to talk about it. I'd like, I'd walk in sometimes and she'd be like pale white and shaking and I'd be like, mom, what happened? She just didn't want to talk about it. And again, at this point, she is the most religious out of all of our family. So I think she was the one that had the most activity because of that. Um, I, like kind of going back to the baptism thing, but I would when I would sleep in the living room, I'd fall asleep watching TV and three o'clock would roll around and something would wake me up. Sometimes it was was chilled. Sometimes I would feel like somebody like petting my neck. Um, Sometimes I would just snap awake. It, It didn't really matter. I would just wake up and every, every time I was alone, all of the curtains would be open. We didn't have blinds. We just had curtains and they would all be open. And it was like half of the log cabin was woods. And then the other half, was the street. And like when the curtains were open, it just, I don't know, like every time it just felt like someone was watching me. And I was like, no, thank you. Um, So I go upstairs and I would go to bed and like my dad being a military man would try his best to uh, get me to make my bed every morning. And I did it most, most mornings, but not every morning. Um, And he would get mad at me because When he would walk in and, like, check to make sure I did my morning routine or whatever, when he got home from work at, like, 3 o'clock, he would find my blankets crumpled up in the closet. And I was like, no, I made my bed. Like, if if I don't make my bed, I'm going to leave my bed messy. I'm not going to throw my blankets in the closet. And, like, it didn't matter if I made it. I didn't make it. Like, I probably got scolded 20 times. Because I didn't make my bed and I threw my sheet, like my sheet, my bed sheet that went around my bed into my closet. And I was like, I wouldn't do that. And um, there was a couple of times, like I had a boyfriend at the time and he would sleep over with me um, from time to time. And he, I thought he was stealing the blankets and I got mad and I would be like, knock it off, give them back. And he would like be dead ass asleep on the floor. Like, not even in the bed. And I don't know if that's just him and how he sleeps or, like, if this had to do with it. But he would be asleep on his side of the bed, on the floor, no blanket. And something would be pulling at the blanket from, like, the corner where his fo- feet would be. And, I, you know, like maybe he was playing a practical joke on me and, like, grabbing the blanket with his feet. I don't know. But, like, something was pulling the blankets off of me at night. And it just... That whole house just felt bad. Like every, like it wasn't a nice, if, it, if at best it was a ghost, it was not a nice ghost. And it just, it, it just all sucked. And every time my mom hung up, oh, sorry, I just thought of this. Every time my mom tried to hang up a crucifix, like on the wall outside my door or in the living room, it wouldn't last. Like the ones with the words that were from, um, Indiana that was in the bathroom that one got broken it was kind of like a ceramic-y whatever one with the words written on it it got broken because it fell off the wall um in the living room but like yeah she just and she got more and more mad because she wanted to hang up her crosses and enjoy her home and (laughs) something kept freaking pulling them off and it was only in my room and the living room which are like on top of each other so it was just it was all bad I was so glad to leave that house
2: I bet. I mean, uh, did your mom or dad or anybody else ever draw a connection that there was something going on there?
0: Uh, again, like my mom didn't talk about it.
2: Yeah. I'm pretty
0: sure she, she knew something. Um, and again, I wasn't, I didn't really like have talks with my dad at this point like that. I wouldn't talk about stuff like that with him. So I don't know his perspective and I've never asked him. It's just not something we talk about.
2: So, the blankets being pulled, was that something that happened even when your boyfriend wasn't there or only when he was there?
0: Uh, I I only remember it when he was there. I It could have happened when he wasn't, but I th- there's like three times in my brain that distinctly hang out of my head. I remember waking up without blankets on me and just thinking that I kicked them off because I'm a kind of a restless sleeper that way. But um, generally, I'm cold and I like my blankets. Uh, but then, you know, I woke up a couple of times like freezing cause I didn't have blankets on me, which, you know, normally I, I like my blankets on me, but I I remember it being pulled off of me three times when he was there and he was on the floor. Like it never on normal occasions would he wake up on, you know, like if he's either messing with me or it's something else kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
2: Now, how scared would you have been if you woke up and your blankets weren't on and they're standing in the middle of your room in the form of a person, like the classic ghost? <laughs> that would be freaky. <laughs> oh,
0: that no. No, thank you. That'd
2: be the worst. That'd be
0: the worst. <laughs> yeah. Like,
2: I'm, yeah. I'm listening to you tell these stories. I'm like, please don't tell me you wind up seeing your blankets just floating in the room in the shape of a person.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. No, and I remember like pulling at my blanket and like it giving good resistance to the point that like the very last time that it happened, I pulled on my blanket. I was like, give me my blanket. <laughs> and I pulled on it and I like kind of sat up, crawled over, you know? So I was like in a crawling position at the edge of the bed, looking at my boyfriend. And as, on this occasion, he was face down on the floor sleeping. Like, and his, his feet weren't anywhere near the blanket. Like the part that got pulled off was like at the end of the bed towards the corner, not necessarily like on his side. And I was like, uh, no, please, no. And I, n- I never checked the time, but I'm assuming that it was probably around 3 a.m.
2: Of course. We'll just say it was, right?
1: Yeah.
2: That <laughs> yeah, was 3 a.m., of course. So uh, that happens in the the log home. Now you're in your early 20s. And you're hiking a trail. It sounds like you're an avid hiker just by the fact that you took a 10-mile detour. But what happened out there that scared you to make you do that 10-mile detour?
0: So I was preparing for the AT, to hike the AT, the Appalachian Trail at this time. Um, So I was like, yeah, I I was pushing. I was trying to do like 25 miles a day by myself, like, you know, without any weight on me and then with weight. And I was trying to build up the endurance to go on this hike. Um, and I was just out, I, I chose like an easy path cause I wanted to do 38 miles that day. Um, and I saw, so I chose like a horse path that was like fairly wide, you know, you could probably drive like an ATV down it. It was very wide and very open and it was running parallel to this highway. And every now and then you get like a patch of trees between you and this like, not a highway, like a County road. Um, in between the two of you, and you get like a little piece, but you'd always hear like the cars buzzing by. Um, and then on the other side, it was like w- Wisconsin, swampy, pine needly woods, um, with a little bit, you know, with like some trees thrown in there, like normal trees, not pine trees. Uh, and so I'm, I'm walking down this road and I see like a hunter's stand and it's not in a marshy area. It's like, close, in, like on the edge of a cornfield, you know, just in the solid ground, this hunters here, whatever, you know, and it, it was like in spring, it wasn't during hunting season, but I made note of it. Cause later down the line, it got more marshy and you could see the water kind of, it was a little bit deeper and I saw like trash thrown in there and it kind of looked like a trail. Like if I had to power jump, I could jump this trail. And that's when I got distracted. So I put my backpack down and I know you're not supposed to leave the trail, but it's, it's a big trail. I'm pretty sure I could find it. Um And I like I started hopping on like pallets and tires and stuff. And like I would sink a little bit, but like they were pretty sturdy. It's like they were all on top of rocks or some solid ground underneath in the swamp. And I started making my way out there and I was like, I'm going to find another deer hunter stand. Maybe I could get like a really cool photo or something. And so I had just my phone and I was out walking and then like the jumps got further and further apart to the point where I was like, eh, screw it. I took off my shoes and I just started walking through like this knee deep marshy area. Um, Cause I, I really thought I was getting close to These things, and I'm probably like a mile, maybe two into this like trail of trash. And, uh, and it's just like the, the jumps are like seven, eight feet apart now. And I'm like, if you're a hunter with, with all your camo on and your bow or your gun with me, first of all, you don't want to be jumped. Like it's just, it just didn't make sense to me. And I was like, okay, whatever. Let's see what this Yahoo is all about. And I got to a point where the pine needle branches were like broken off. And, like, in these little circles that looked like little gorilla patches, like, from the, the cartoon Tarzan, it looked like little patches, like, bedding. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And, again, like, I just got a scent, not a sense of dread, but, like, hey, you're not supposed to be here. So I was like, okay, i fucked around. I'm sorry. I've messed around enough. Um, I'm going to head back. <laughs> and so I turned around, and I, I headed back to the trail. and. At the time, like, my Indiana family always jokes, like, Wisconsin's full of serial killers. You know, you got, like, we got Ed Gein, Jeffrey Dahmer. We got a couple. So, like, they're always joking that I'm going out in the woods and I'm going to get murdered or I'm going to become a mur- murderer. Um, and so that's where my brain went. I was like, yeah, like, this this, this is a murder. This is, this is a murderer, like, marking so he can come back and find his body. It's a serial killer. That's it. And I was like, that's, that's the logic I went with. And I just booked it back to this horse trail. And, um, I started walking like a little bit further, like to the point, I don't know how far, but like my feet were dry now. And I put my shoes back on cause it's a little bit gravelly, soft dirt, um, road. And I was like, Yeah, I just, I didn't want, I don't know, I worried about mud. Um, and then I came to like a bigger patch of woods between us and the highway and I couldn't really hear the cars anymore. And I got, like, I could hear birds and stuff. And I was like, fuck yeah. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. You know, and I got all excited, um, because it felt more nature-y and less like a, like a workout trail. Um, and there was like, again, pine needles, um, and like a, like, you know, a big pine tree forest with a lot of pine needles and no ferns on the ground. So you could kind of see out a ways. Um, yeah, so you could kind of see out a ways. And then it became very dense, thick pine tree forest, like, in under a mile. And I was like, okay, that, that's, like, nice. And I heard these birds, and I was loving it, and I was walking, and I was just having a good time. And then all of a sudden, the birds stopped. And it got real quiet, like, really quiet. And I, I, I don't know why, I just, again, got really afraid. And, like, this was the first time, ugh, this was the first time that I I felt this afraid since I saw that, that, that de- demon after I was um, baptized. I, I just got that much fear in me to the point where I just started sprinting. I was like, fuck this, I'm out. I'm sorry, I'm trying not to. That's all right. Um, I'm like, and I was, I, I, I booked it out and I, I don't run. I hate running. And I ran like three or four miles. I got to like a mile marker and that's how I knew I was booking it. Um, but there was still very dense forest on the side. It's kind of like the trail snaked away from the county road for three or four miles. And I, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm done. I pulled up my map on my phone because I was getting spotty reception. I was like, I should just check it now. And so I went, uh, the highway intersected with this road and, um, the, the trail also, because they were going parallel intersected with this road. And so I saw the road and I was like, yes, I'm taking this, this feels (laughs) safe. Um, and it was away from the highway, but I was, I had to turn right kind of more towards the, uh, dense pine tree side of the trail. And that's when I took that 10 mile detour and I like walked past that whole point and I just made a giant U basically to go back because I was done. I didn't want to continue this trail. And on the other side, um, I came into like, uh, maybe like a, a ski a trail but it was spring so obviously it's like overgrown with grass and stuff and I was like okay I'll take this and I was looking at my map and I was like yeah I think it intersects with the the trail back here and um what sucked though was this not ski what's the word snowmobile trail my bad snowmobile trail um so it, it went through the dense forest which I didn't like but I I was like, it looks like it's only a mile, maybe two through the dense forest. And then I'm back on the trail and I've got like a short hike back to my car because I've made this giant U and I'm cutting a little bit of the square, you know, and, and getting back on the trail. And so I started walking down there. And as I'm walking down this path, I get that sense of fear again. And I look over and I see like, um, a DNR gate up and there's a, like, clearly like a, a, not a national forest, but like a forestry truck there and i was like murderer this is this is the murderer freaking landed here i tried to avoid it i was really like just working myself up and then the birds got quiet again and like just dead quiet and i it was it was bad and as i'm like walking past this little cutout um where you can clearly see that the truck is behind this gate and it's like a green truck and it's like parallel with the gate so i'm walking past the gate and pass this truck, and I just see that the doors are open and the blinkers are on. And I was like, why are the blinkers on? You're like, you've locked yourself into this gate, you know, and I was just like, okay, that's weird, you know, and I was like, yeah, he's a murderer. He's probably trying to not be suspicious, and his captive escaped. I don't know. I was still going down the murder path, and <laughs> um, so I, I keep walking, and I was like, that's really really strange and then all of a sudden i see like three or four deer bolt past me and i'm like yep book in it so i i start running and as i'm running out of this dense forest i finally see the trail and so i'm like yes i'm back on the trail and as my foot hits the trail i just hear this really deep rumble growl like but like deep and it, it, I was like, okay, I clearly messed with something, and like after doing hunting and everything, I I know that's not a wolf. I know that's not a species native to Wisconsin. Like I don't know what made that growl, but again, I'm, I'm between the gorilla beds and the growl. I'm chalking it up to Sasquatch, and I'm pretty sure Sasquatch got that DNR guy because like his doors were open, the blink like his flashers were on, and I was like, that, that's weird.
2: That's what you settled on?
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's what I settled on. Like, years later, after I started listening to Sasquatch Chronicles.
2: That's the worst. Oh, yeah. That's the worst. (laughs) So so you're like, yep, that guy's gone. Sasquatch got him.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I won't go back. I, I won't. Like, I won't take anybody with me. I won't ride a horse through that. No, I'm not going back to that trail. No, thank you
2: man so did that experience and I mean did it affect you with your whole mission to go hiking the AT
0: no um, no I uh, I got I've met somebody and I got pregnant had kids and that kind of put a pause on it we're waiting until she's out of high school and then we'll do it
2: makes sense makes sense yeah I uh, kids do that don't they they put dampers yeah (laughs) it's all right though uh, wow, well, I would have been scared out there myself and if I'm settling on the idea that uh, Bigfoot got a guy, then I'm definitely uh, well, mm, no, I'd go back. I I'd, <laughs> I'd go back but I'm but I, I approach the whole thing in a different mindset I, I uh, I'm out there trying to actually have that encounter, so it is what it is. All right, for our second sponsor of today's show, we are brought to you by Acorn TV, which is the largest commercial-free British streaming service that features compelling stories, exclusive premieres, and originals you won't find anywhere else. It has hundreds of exclusive shows from around the world, including award-winning mysteries, dramas, comedies, and so much more. Listen, people have been canceling their online streaming services when it comes to video left and right for different reasons and issues all last year, so why not? try acorn tv at a fraction of the cost compared to most streaming services it comes in at just 5.99 a month you really can't beat that friends try acorn tv free for 30 days by going to Acorn.tv and use promo code tony but you have to enter the code in all lowercase letters that's a-c-o-r-n dot tv code tony to get your first 30 days for free But uh, listen, I, I want to, uh, who's, who's uh, Casper?
0: Casper is Jordan's friend. Um, he passed away, but Jordan's my husband. Um, he passed away before I ever met Jordan. And um, he was in the military, so Jordan has his dog tags and a key to the apartment that they shared together. And he's always hung it up along with his sweatshirt like on the wall, like he put a nail in our apartment, He put a nail in the wall to hang off a sweatshirt and never wear it. And I was like, cause he never talked about it for like the first six, nine months we were together. It was just there. And I was like, okay, I respect that. Whatever. Weird choice. Um, but yeah, like, so I was having issues in this apartment. Um,
1: <laughs>
0: my witchy friend, Kyle, It came with, he's gay. Um, He came with his boyfriend and they were visiting me in in the apartment previous to this one. And his gay friend looked at me and he said, you're going to have a friend that is going to be around you and you can't see. And I was like, okay, I don't, I don't care for this. Please stop. And he's like, no, just please listen. And I was like, okay, so you're going to have a friend and you can't see him but he's there to help you. He's there to make you happy, bring positive vibes. I don't know, maybe protect you, and he said it like that. And I was like, well, "Hold up. Something's going to happen that he needs to protect me. Who is this person?" You know, I got really interested in it. Um but that's all he said, and he said it out of the blue. Like we were in the kitchen and I was like bringing snacks back to the living room so we could all talk and his friend came over like all real quiet, all like a median whatever, like that Jersey medium lady, you know, just real weird. And then just never talked about it again. And I was like, okay, whatever. And so like, after he said that, I started having issues with not good ghosts, like bad vibes everywhere. Like my dog started growling. I lived in this apartment for six months and suddenly just, she just started growling at a certain stuffy I had. And I wasn't really attached to this stuffy, so I I mixed it. I was like, get out of here. Don't need you. Um, but, you know, she started growling at the stuff. that she never growled at. Um, the, sh- the sugar, again, Oh, kept spilling over. Like, I kept a little bowl of sugar out without a lid on. And it kept getting, like, spilled across. Like, somebody took a handful and just, like, threw it, like, dice across my counter. And I was like, "Oh, this is weird. And, like, having a couple ghost experience here and there, I'm like, knock it off. But every time I would, like, address this ghost... I would get like, like, like it was mad at me. I got like, kind of like, a, "fuck you, lady," back, and I didn't. So I stopped talking to it. I was like, "Okay, fine. You don't want me to talk to you. Go away." And like, I, I, I ignored it for a long time, and then it just started escalating. Um, I had one crucifix one, um, on the wall, and it kept falling off. And I was like, "This is, this is shit. I don't want to deal with." And I was really, really bummed out about it. And so I I was, I'm now living in Appleton, Wisconsin, and my parents are in Hawaii, like I'm out on my own. And I didn't know who to call. So I, I, I called um a church here and I was like, Hey, yo, I got some weird stuff going on. And of course they wanted me to like be part of their congregation and stuff like that. And it was just a big rigmarole, but basically like his, the pastor's wife came out and she was like, yeah, I'm the, like in so many words, she was like. I'm going to take this thing with me when I go and we're going to deal with it. And I was like, okay, that's weird. And it, it pretty much stopped after that. Like, but it was all just, it was all bad things. Like it just bad vibes around that whole apartment and that whole experience. And like every time like a picture would be crooked, like just bad things, just little, little, a little bit of bad things. And I'm like, okay, weird. And so then I move into this new apartment and I start dating Jordan we're living together and um suddenly i'm noticing handprints on the glass but they're like kind of little handprints and they're not in a place where a kid could reach them and i go to clean them away and they are they don't have fingerprints like right? cuz it's on my glass sliding door i i can't see a fingerprint i just see the handprint itself and i'm like okay that's weird and it's too high for a kid to reach and it's on the inside and I don't have kids that are visiting this apartment. And I'm like, fuck, it's this thing again. It's following me. And I got, re- I got real nervous and Jordan's not religious in any means. And I'm like, yo, I think I got a a bad spirit, maybe a demon following me around. I don't know. I just get really, really bad vibes and I don't want it happening here. Like, But the handprints didn't give me bad vibes. I just got more of a sense of dread and he was like, nah, you're being dramatic. It's fine. He didn't see the handprints. And then a couple days later, we're in the kitchen doing something and we were both looking up. Oh, we're looking up at the ceiling fan. And I noticed that there are handprints, but they're like adult handprints along the wall as if somebody's crawling on top of the wall. And I'm like, what the, and again, I'm not getting like a bad feeling from it, but I'm like, what is that? And Jordan sees it this time, and he wipes it away. And he's like, "Yeah, that's a handprint. That's not like somebody painted up there and stuck their hands on it." And I was like, "Those haven't been there before. Like, I've cleaned my ceiling fan. I've seen that area. I haven't seen handprints." And we just like couldn't explain it. And and the TV, and the TV would go mute. It would mute itself at random times. And it never did that before Jordan lived there. And it never did that before. He hung up the sweatshirt, and it was just like, okay, maybe the TV is busted. It was all like, okay, this, okay, that. And we kept explaining it away. And then we move to our trailer, and like lights are flickering. Like I'd be in the shower again. I'm start like I'm older now, so I feel more safe in the shower, but I'm still like got that little bit of fear. And the lights just go off, and I'm like, Jordan, turn the lights back on. I don't feel like that. Da da da. You know. And he's not there. He's like outside in the shed doing something. And I'm like, oh, it's just me. And again, I'm not getting like a sense of dread, anything bad. But I'm like, weird. Really, really weird. And then one night after our daughter is born, I see a shadow standing over her. And I'm like, fuck this. Like, I got so irrationally mad. I was like, don't you. Mess with her, you leave her alone. You come at me like I got mama bear, and and I was so mad that like this was gonna start happening to my daughter, and I don't know why I felt that way, but I felt it. And this black shadow turned around, and I got like I didn't see a smile, but I got like a sense of a smile, and not like a scary smile, like a "ha ha got you" kind of smile. And I was like, "Ma'am, what is it?" I finally told Jordan, I "I don't care what you think. This is happening." let's explain it. Let's, let's work through it. That's whatever. And he's like, well, sometimes crystals hold energy. And so we started putting out like quartz crystals and like trying to like suck up bad energies or good energies and just get, make it neutral, you know, because he's kind of into rocks that way. And I was like, okay, whatever, we'll do it. We'll do whatever. I don't care. My crosses aren't getting messed with. Nothing like that is happening. No, no bad vibes. Just like I'm mad at you because you're, basically pranking me like it, it felt like a bad prank like a michael scott from the office prank it's not funny but it's still his prank yeah and, <laughs> and and so like that's like the whole vibe i'm getting and jordan's like maybe it's casper like casper said he'd always protect me and like it only happened when his sweatshirt and his sweatshirt got hung up i'm sorry i forgot this part his sweatshirt got hung up above my daughter's crib um kind of like on a memorial board that we have for him with his pictures and stuff um and it only had like it only happened when it was hung up and stuff like that and i started packing to move into our, our new house and i packed up the sweatshirt i was like oh you want to mess with me you want to turn off the lights you want to turn off my stove you want to stand over my daughter and creep me out <laughs> you know all these things like no no thank you goodbye sir and so i packed up his sweatshirt and it stopped, like all of the pranking stopped, everything stopped. Um, and this was like going on for three or four years. It's not like it, it was so aggressive for six months. It was over a, a time frame. And, and then all this, like, like a week after I put that sweatshirt away, my cross fell off of the wall. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, maybe Luna got it. Because it was a little bit low. Um, Luna's my daughter. Like it's a little bit lower. So I was like, maybe Luna got it. And then, like, the rocks that were on top of the windowsill got, like, I, I watched them get smacked off and fall off. And, like, one landed halfway in the room. Like, there was some force behind it. And these are, like, the rose quartz and the quartz rocks that are supposed to get this energy. And I just started feeling bad. And that's when my daughter started having these, like, scream nightmares. And I got really afraid. I was like, crap. Like at the time, like when she's growing up developmentally, she should start dreaming. So it would make sense that she would start cr- crying in her sleep at night. But you know, she was doing all of these things and then she started talking about a man with a red eye. And I was like, I was, I was like, damn it, go away. I was so mad and frustrated and I didn't know what to do. And so I, I called up my parents and I was like, Hey, can I, can I go through some of our stuff? I want to find some things. And I found, um, another cross that my mom had and my pastor gave it to me when I was baptized. And I put that one up cause I was like, you got power. I know you got power. Like you're my OG. Help me please. Um, so I put that up and I was like, just please, whatever's here, tell it to go away. Um, I don't want to deal I don't want my daughter to deal with it above all, but I don't want to deal with it. And um I don't know why. Something told me to bring out Casper's sweater and his dog tags and the key and put it all out, and I did. And that night that I put it out, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and I was like, awake, awake. I wasn't half awake. And all I heard was I got you. And I was like, what? what? Like I heard a voice and I, it wasn't in my head. It was like clearly audible. And I was like, what is happening? And then all of a sudden I hear Luna get up out of bed and she's like, toddler walking over to me. She goes, mom, I'm supposed to tell you I got you. But like, you know, in kid terms and I was like, Oh, okay, honey, thank you. And then um she's like, that guy's not coming here anymore. And I'm like, what guy? And she goes, the guy with the red eye. I was like, okay, okay. Let's go to bed. We're dreaming, whatever. The next morning, so persistent. She's like, I'm not going to see him again, ever. And I was like, okay, cool, whatever. And like, I don't know if it was a cross. I don't know if it was Casper. I don't know if it was a combination of the two. But I was like, thank you, you know. Um, And the pranks started back up. <sighs> the pranks started back up. He, <laughs> I was washing my hands and I... <laughs> The faucet never moved. We have the two handles. The faucet never moved, but the water just got really cold. And I had both hot and cold on. And I was like, you think you're so funny? Like, no. And like little pranks like that just started happening again after I put his sweatshirt up. And I was like, okay, that's weird. Um, We moved into my parents' house for a little bit um, while, while we were transitioning into the new house. And his sweatshirt was packed away and put away. And... Luna saw, and I don't know if it's her being a kid or if it's something she actually saw, but she came down from my parents where we all slept. Um, and she's like, I saw a wolf with red eyes in the closet. Like it's, we're going through a lot. We're transitioning. It's okay. You didn't see anything. It's fine. It's just a bad dream. You know, I really like just was like, it's okay. Like even if you did tell it to go away. It's not going to hurt us here, you know, kind of thing. And I was just trying my best to, like, soothe her. And she only said it the one time, but she said it. And none of the pranks happened at my parents' house. Nothing happened. And now we're in the new house, and Casper
1: sweatshirt is back out.
0: Um, Luna, And also with this move, I don't know if it's because she moved into my parents and then moved into this house, but she hasn't said anything about uh Anything with red eyes. She's just like, whatever. It's fine. This is my life. This is my room. Um, but his sweatshirt came back out and my favorite picture that Jordan drew. It's like a little, like, I don't know, three by three. It's real tiny, real little square thing. Jordan hung it up. I saw him hang it up. It's, it's high. It's above a door. And, um, yesterday I was walking past it and it was flipped upside down. And I was like, God damn it. And then, sorry. Um, and then I was just like, it's not funny. I'll put you back in a box. I'm not afraid to. And you know, cause at this point, like I've been dealing with this for a couple of years, of it's pranks, I like, kind of talk shit to him and, um, and then I go into my bedroom and on our on our white door, I see a handprint and I'm like, okay, prank us all you want. I don't care. This is my life now. Like, but you're doing something. You're keeping my kids safe. So sure, go for it. Oh, and the cross that my pastor gave me when I was baptized, my mom took it, so I don't have it. She has it at her house. But I, that would be hanging up too.
1: Man,
2: I tell you, like hearing you tell this story and stuff, I, I can hear the emotion in your voice. And as soon as you start talking about, you know, the mama bear mentality kick in, it. it I can tell it affects you. I can tell it affects you. Yeah. And, and it's, I was sitting here thinking, uh, I, I know that sound and in, in people's voices. And, you know, I've had several different ladies on the show talk about how things that, you know, maybe affected them in their childhood coming back to affect their children. And, and it's a very similar tone of voice. Um, did you, I mean, I'm assuming you, at some points, you just felt really helpless.
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, when Casper when it was I'm assuming it's Casper but when that shadow figure was over her I got mad like irrationally mad like somebody scared you and now you're like oh don't do that I got but, but like when she was talking about the red eyes and, and crying and waking up scream crying like I didn't feel angry I did at best pressure I just felt helpless like I, I was like there's nothing I can do this is something she's gonna have to go through and it it sucks It sucks so bad because there's a million other things in this world that she's got to deal with. Let's not make paranormal one of them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it seems like, uh, you know, I don't know. It it, it sucks because... Uh, you know what you went through and you don't want it for your kids and the that feeling of helplessness. I I hope I never have to deal with that with my kids, you know. My my son right now, he's just waking up saying that the tornado's getting him. I'm like, bro, stop watching the tornado cartoon then, you know. So
1: <laughs> Yeah. Yeah.
2: But uh yeah, I feel for you. Uh let's let's wrap this up here with the auras because uh, that's the last thing that was in the email. And I don't know if you're still seeing auras, but I'm assuming it was auras around people.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, there's, uh, the girl that, uh, touched me. Um, I think it's her stepdad. I don't, I don't remember his relation to her, but I remember seeing Brown just like I call them crayons cause they, they not like traditionally what people think of like a floating light around people. I just, I got like an impression of a color. Um, and sometimes, like if it was strong enough, like specifically with him, I don't know why, but I would see like the Crayola wrapping around his his stomach, like he was an actual crayon. Um, so yeah, and he was he was a brown color, and I like I remember my grandpa like babysitting me and a little girl, and he came to pick us up, and he wanted a hug. And I didn't know like that he was the one that was doing it to her at the time. Nobody did. And he was like, you know, he's like, Oh, come give me. a will kiss by like whatever. And I was like, no, you're a Brown cray- crayon and that's gross. Like I was very like, I don't want anything to do with you kind of thing. Um, and then when I met Jordan, he said that he saw an aura out of me and uh, I, I, I remember very distinctly seeing a a color out of him and it like it popped. It wasn't like I saw like, like when I was little, I saw like the Crayola writing, like, like a little piece of paper around this guy. Um, It was just like a quick flash of an image popped into my head of a color crayon. When, um, when I saw Jordan, like, like I, I didn't say I love you first. He did. Um, So it was a couple months later and I was like, I remember seeing this flash of the color crayon and then I just turned around and was like, I love you. And I was like, I don't know why I said that. I'm sorry. I like, it's okay. I've been saying it for a while, lady. Um, but yeah, it was like, I don't know, something about that. Um, there was a mailman that I saw once and it, um, when I was, I want to say I was like, it was middle school. I want to say I was 13, 14, almost out of middle school and I was way too old. But this mailman was just so Flipping nice, like just so nice. And he'd always get out of his truck to deliver the mail to me and my mom. If we were outside of our house, like chilling on the patio or something. And I saw the same color yellow that I saw from that angel when I was little. And I don't know, like, and then he just stopped showing up one day. Like he was there for three or four weeks and then it was right before we moved if someone said he retired or something. My mom told me that, you know, we got a new male person. But um I remember it like I was like wow that and it was the exact yellow. It was it was so weird. And it just I don't know, I just it warmed my heart and it was feel nice. Um and then yeah, there's a couple of times since that like I'll meet somebody and like I don't know why but um it's more of like a flash like you just like somebody quick flashes you a, like a flash card of a certain color crayon. And most of the time, like green for me, it, those people need me to listen and like, or need help in some way. Like I was working with this one coworker um, and I saw her get interviewed, but we obviously didn't talk then because I was working and she was, you know, getting interviewed at, at this deli. And I saw the flash of green and I was like, Oh, and I don't know why, but I was like, Hey, Carl, you really need to hire her. Um, don't ask me why I just think she'll be good. And she sucked as an employee, but, um, we hired her and like, she learned a lot and she had that ability, like she wanted to learn and she wanted to know about the food industry. And then I saw like a flash card again of like red. And I just asked her, I was like, Hey, are you okay? And she's like, you know what? Yes. Like this job has really like helped me. I got my kids now. Like I can afford to like put a bed. Like each kid had their own bed now. It was just a lot. And she just felt like better and her color changed. And I was like, Oh, weird. <laughs> okay. Cool. Like I'm, I'm glad you like the job. I'm glad it's, it's working for you. And just a couple of those. Um, yeah, there's, there was, um, one time I didn't get to see the person's face, but we were, walking in the mall and somebody came out of a store and was walking in front of us. All I saw was the back of the head and I saw the flash card again of like a black crayon. And I don't like, again, I was just impulses. I was like, we need to go the other way. And I turned with my girlfriend and I started, like I crossed the mall and started walking on the other side away from them. And my girlfriend was like, why? And she clearly saw me like looking at this guy. He was the only one in front of us. And as we turn and walk, she's looking at him and he stops, turns around, looks at her. And she said that like, he gave her this really creepy grin and she's like, dude, I I got raped vibes from him. And I was like, yeah, yeah, no, nah, didn't, didn't feel right. So, yeah.
2: Wow. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so you start seeing these auras and stuff and I mean... I, it sounds like it seems like it's just very natural and, and part of your life for you. Uh, did you ever feel like, at what point did you realize that not everybody saw this kind of stuff?
0: Um, when I was young and I was still calling them crayons, there was like uh, there was probably like four or five people. And I was telling my mom about it. You know, I, like, I, I said to my grandpa out loud, like, no, you're a brown crayon, get away from me. And I told my mom a couple times, like, oh, she's this crayon, she's that crayon, they're that crayon, you know. And she's like, stop, that's weird. People aren't crayons. And so I stopped talking about it then. And then when I was in high school and taking a photography class, I learned about, like, photography auras. And then um, that piqued my interest. And I realized that, like, people seeing auras is a thing, you know. Like, I kind of knew about it, like, from Supernatural, like, those spinoff shows and stuff like that and all the weird paranormal stuff i was getting into but i don't i didn't really like look look into it until high school and now it it doesn't happen often but when it does like i try and listen
2: understand that for sure yeah well i'll tell you what brooke i know i've taken up a lot of your time here on your work day i appreciate you coming on the show and sharing these experiences
0: yeah yeah thank you for having me i I feel like a cool kid now
2: (laughs) (laughs) no thanks for coming on
0: yeah. Thank you. And like, thank you. I love the content. I love how crazy the show is getting. It's just insane. <laughs> like, it makes me feel so normal.
2: <laughs> welcome. So to you. Yeah. I mean, welcome to the confessionals where we make you feel normal. So, <laughs> 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 I love it. Yeah. Well, that's the show, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, please share the show with your friends. I don't care where or how you share the show, just share the show if you enjoyed it, because that's the best thing you can do to help this show grow. Just share it with your friends and family. I don't care where, though. Just share the show. And I do appreciate you guys tuning in and listening on a weekly basis. And just a reminder, go ahead and subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Confessionals, for all things that I produce on video. And like I said earlier in the show, if you have any thoughts and ideas, if should I call the channel Merkle Media? Should I just call it Tony Merkel? Should I call it... What should I call it? please shoot us an email with your thoughts and suggestion or comment on the Instagram. I say Instagram because I am most active on Instagram. I barely venture into other social medias most of the time. So, if you want to let me know, just shoot me an email, theconfessionals at the confessionalspodcast.com or comment on the show art for this episode on Instagram. All right, friends. Thanks a lot for being here. Until next week, stay safe, take care, and remember, the truth will set you free, but first, it'll piss you off. Bye. Awakened from the forest in the depths of the abyss, this creature is a paradigm of time lost and time itself. It fears no one. It adheres to no rule that man can create. It forges its own path, and yet its path remains hidden from the world. The sphere of its existence is beyond most comprehension as it exudes its power quietly but transcendent. It needs no one's approval to exist, but yet its very existence is sought after by many. It watches. It learns. Adapts to the ever-changing environment around it even as the environment is wrought with corruption. It battles the corruption only when pressed or for the protection of others like it. It is a mirage that few will ever understand. It's a cornucopia of knowledge from an era long past. It's free. It's Bigfoot.
1: My fantasies always consisted of making it big. My soul was nothing more than a bargaining chip. Marketing is what they tell you to do and what you're willing to give. Larking to the fullest extent. I don't wait. I shoot first like Hahn on a Rodian, and these people don't understand me like reading a Noki and stretched thin. Like pulling in accordion, my heart ain't primordium. All these historians telling us lies. The aside everything is medicalized. Politicians selling the ride, I better my die. Where the relevance lies, they're dressing alike reptilians. My resilience is brilliant. I'm here to lead the rebellion on Sally salient, alien with no melanin. I'm a yeti hiding from Armageddon. Come and find me, I ain't even hiding.